friends! Welcome to Spooky or Not, a podcast where anything spooky, bizarre, paranormal, or not is up for discussion. Today we're going to be talking about the Hoya Bachu Forest in Romania, which is often referred to as the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania, or the Haunted Forest of Romania. This is Ari! And I'm Julia, and if this is up your alley, creep on listening. Alright, let's get going here. The Hoyavachu Forest is a dense forest of over 700 acres located near the city of Cluj-Napoca in the Transylvanian region of Romania. This forest is renowned for its paranormal, eerie, and unexplained phenomena and has gained a reputation as one of the most haunted forests in the world. I ended up watching a lot of videos about uh, the city and the forest and I have to say Cluj is a very beautiful city. It's very charming. And also Google spat a fact out at me and told me that Romania is one of the safest countries in Europe. Somehow I think that you're about to tell me a story that makes me not believe that. No, 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 no. I think all the danger lives in this forest. Um, But yeah, I thought that was a really cool um, fact about Romania. So uh, we'll start with a little history about the forest. As with many haunted places, cryptids, paranormal events, etc., it's difficult to distinguish between what actually happened and what was a made-up story passed down from generation to generation. I don't know about you, I like to give stories and lore the benefit of the doubt, because I think life's more fun that way. I'm a little bit more skeptical than you, (laughs) but I do love a good story. Okay, well, there's that. That's good. Uh, Now, there are a couple of tales, speaking of stories, that seem to get brought up the most regarding the Hoya Bachu Forest. Before I do this, I just have to say a disclaimer of respect for any names that are mispronounced in this episode. We did our due diligence to try to figure out the pronunciation, but different sources pronounce a lot of these things differently, so we tried to go with the ones that were the most common. So... Big apology if we are not pronouncing these correctly. Back to the story. The first one is a tale of a shepherd who disappeared in the forest over a century ago with 200 sheep. 200 sheepies. So people disappear all the time. Animals disappear all the time. But a people and sheep disappearing together? That's interesting. Like, I don't know much about sheep. I'm not a sheep enthusiast, but... I don't think they're quiet animals, are they? Don't they like, they make a lot of noise. I, th- I feel like, you see the movie Babe, and like the sheep in that movie were so annoying. And, and just 200 of anything. True, 200 of anything. But they just disappeared. And there weren't bones. There wasn't like the shepherd outfit. There weren't lamb chop. There wasn't anything. Like they just disappeared. So I don't know. What what do you think could have happened there? Like how do you, how does... How does a skeptic rationalize that? That I don't know. It's 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 hard to hard to figure out what might have happened to his shepherd and his two hundred sheep, especially if it's like overnight, right? This wasn't like they like slowly dwindled down. Mm, they yeah, just I think it was an event. Yeah, and gone the next. Mm. You would figure that a local wouldn't get lost. They would be more true because it's not a giant forest. Like it's a it's a decent sized forest, but it's not like. 
the Amazon rainforest, you know, where there would be no way to find someone. Well, the other tale is one of a five-year-old girl who also went into the forest, and then she didn't come back for five years. And when she went missing, there was a large organized search. Nothing turned up. And Romanian winters are rough. I looked at their climate, and it definitely isn't an environment where someone could survive for years out there without adequate supplies and knowledge, especially a five-year-old. So there wasn't a lot of hope that she had survived. But five years later, she comes walking out of the forest. She was wearing the exact same clothes she had went in with five years prior and had not changed or aged a bit. She also had no recollection of the last five years. Like a manifest, except in the forest. Yeah, like this has to be aliens, right? I don't know. A glitch in the matrix, maybe. Ooh. Still scary. It is scary. So with both of these tales, there's claims that both of these events are well-documented. That's like, I kept seeing that phrase like the well-documented history, but I looked and I didn't find any sources on that. Like I didn't find anything official and I'm not saying it's not true, but I just wanted to call that out that I did try to find like a newspaper article or something, or I don't know, a century ago, were there newspapers? I don't know how people got their news back then. Word of mouth, I don't know. I just couldn't find anything that seemed super legitimate aside from it being like a a tale. I also want to note that these are not the only two historical tales. There are more stories. Um, These are just the two most common ones that come up when people are sharing info about the forest. Uh, There are also other more recent claims of disappearances in the woods, Um, people going in, not coming out, and there's no trace evidence that the person was ever in there. Um, Seems like if you go into this forest, you have to go in knowing you may not come out. So now let's talk about some of the creepy things that have been known to go on from people who visit the forest. So people have reported feeling like they're being followed in the Hoi Bakchu forest, though when they look, no one is seemingly there. I always kind of feel that way in wooded areas though. I don't know, like whenever I go into trees, I just, I just don't feel alone. And to be honest, because of wildlife, I bet people are always watched by something. Not necessarily paranormal, but animals, people. Definitely, and it's something about um, being a little bit concealed, but also being a little bit out in the open. Mm. Maybe uh, like a territory that humans are not necessarily known to, to travel in all that often, right? Like we're used to roads or streets and stuff like that, and so stick us on a trail in the middle of a forest automatically kind of maybe raises hairs on yeah. people's neck for being a little bit out of place. Mm. I'd agree with that 100%. I watched a video um, on this website called youtube.com. It's Is that on the interwebs? It is on the interwebs. It's a it's a big website and the channel name is Frugal Travelers. They're a real charming channel. Um, but they were going into the forest and a dog was actually following them alongside the trail as they were entering the forest. It wasn't coming up to them like looking for pets and it wasn't being aggressive. It was just kind of following alongside the trail. Um, and it was really interesting. Like it was definitely a good boy, but they didn't know why he was there. Um, and it made me wonder too, cause I don't know how far away from town they were at this point. They had said they just started on the trail, so maybe it could have been a dog from town. Um, But 
I don't know. It was kind of interesting. And then they did mention in their video that they were uh, going to give them some of their little picnic lunch that they packed, but he had stopped following them as they got deeper into the forest. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. And if I was nervous at the start of that trail, by the time we got to lunch and the dog would not follow us anymore, I would be more nerve-wracked than I was at the beginning of it. It's one of those things that you always feel like it happens in scary movies, right? When something bad is about to happen, the birds are not there. Everything is scuttling away from where where, yes. where the action is happening. And so I want to be like, if this friendly dog that's just walking the trail with us decides like, no, you're on your own now. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, time to rein it in and go back. <laughs> and that would be smart. Animals know they can be really helpful for those things. Another thing people claim is that they start feeling sick when they enter the forest. So many people report that they're feeling nauseous, they have headaches, and some even end up with rashes or burns on their skin. And feeling ill, that's something that we see a lot of times in paranormal experiences. If someone is exploring an alleged uh, paranormal structure, building, whatever, um, that can happen where people start to actually feel sick to their stomach or just dizzy, confused, things like that. But I was kind of thinking about this because the other thing is rashes or burns on their skin. And I can definitely see from a skeptical perspective, you know, questioning skin situations, you're in a forest. Like, for example, I'm pretty sure you would end up with something if you went in there because your skin gets pissed about everything. It does. And it's easy for people that are skeptics to say you touch poison ivy, right? Like, that's a running theme in many scary movies, right? Is that you've essentially activated plants who are now spewing these deadly (laughs) spores that are going to turn everybody into zombies, that kind of thing. I would absolutely have a rash. I would absolutely be losing it. (laughs) (laughs) You would absolutely turn into a zombie. (laughs) 100%. Right. And I'm not saying that those things aren't legit. I just, it makes sense how that gives an automatic out for skeptics. Now, if someone comes out with like a handprint burned on their arm or something like, okay, that can't be blamed on trees, but you come out with a little rash and it's like, "Mm, did you touch something? (laughs) Probably wasn't a ghost. Now, something that might be a little more challenging for skeptics to deny are the UFO sightings that have occurred around the forest, some of which have been caught on camera. And I have to give another disclaimer here that what I'm about to share is cited very differently um, among the resources that I checked. The names of who I'm about to share get switched, who took which pictures get switched, so on and so forth. So um, I tried to find the most common running theme um, with this, but it was kind of difficult. So please note, if you go research this on your own, you're likely to come across something that's just a bit different than what I'm about to share, but I'm gonna link everything in the description so you can see where I got this information from. So one of the more notable UFO sightings occurred in the early 1960s when biologist Alexandru Sift ventured into the woods and claims to have gathered substantial photographic evidence. Now, Alexandru Sift passed away in 1993, and with that passing, all of this substantial evidence is just gone. So I don't know if it was there at some point. 
Everything I found that had pictures that had his name on it also had this other guy's name that I'm about to talk about. So it was really tricky to tell, um, but it seems like that doesn't have a ton of stuff backing it up today. Another interesting note about this particular individual is that some people say that he didn't catch UFO evidence at all, that he was just out there doing biology work. So maybe he saw something, maybe he didn't, but he was out there exploring the area. Now in 1968, Emil Barnea, a military technician, captured photos of a UFO above the forest. The photos were actually above a specific part of the forest, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But I think what's important to call out here with Emil is that I think a lot of people assume that when someone shares a picture or evidence, alleged evidence of something paranormal, it, they're just trying to either gain attention or scare people. Um, but I find situations like these to be interesting because Emil was in the military it actually was kind of a risk for him to share the photos and talk about this because the military, they didn't support the paranormal. Like to them, paranormal was kind of crazy. So it wasn't a good look for him to do that. And I read in one article that he lost his job due to sharing the photos. I only found that sourced in one place, so I don't want to say that as a fact, but definitely seems like it could have been a possibility if that was something that the military wouldn't have taken lightly. So that's kind of, um, you know, it for the UFO sharing. Not, not a ton of stuff, but there's a lot of other people that have said that they've seen something. So I think that's kind of interesting. Another part of the paranormal world popping up here in the forest. Definitely. And it's one of those things that if it was just the shepherd, if it was just the five-year-old it was just the weird dog or the spores or the ufos it might be a little bit easier to digest and take it as lore when you combine all of those together even over a hundred years it seems like too much is ha too much is happening in this one location right mm -hmm. 700 acres is a lot but it's not that much right right i agree and back to where emil's photos were taken i said i'd circle back to this the UFO was seen above a part of the forest that is completely cleared out. So it's just this random patch with no trees, there's no rocks or boulders, it's just flat grass. And that's where the picture was supposedly taken. And now part of that could be, hey, there's no trees, that was the clearest way that you could see it, like that's the only place you could see it. But people seem to focus on this rotunda. It's a, about a half acre clearing and there's a lot of stuff that people say happens there. And at first, whenever I was reading about this, I was like, that's so weird that in the middle of the forest, there's just nothing. It's just flat land, no trees. Like that is so bizarre. But then I found a website that was a total buzzkill and they were like, yeah, that's called a meadow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I forgot that meadows exist. Um, and maybe that's all it is, but that's not fun. So let's hypothesize. I thought that would be more fun. So we'll start with option one. It's a meadow. Boring. Nobody likes that. <laughs> Nothing scary happens in a meadow. <laughs> exactly. What else could just a random flat patch? And, and some people say like the vegetation doesn't really grow. Like the grass doesn't grow and get tall it just kind of like stays the same and yeah nothing else is growing there what else could it be there's so many things now i think of 
something is under the ground. Something is buried in that spot. Oh my gosh. Something has tainted the soil, so nothing can grow there, right? <gasps> oh my gosh, you might be onto something because the other thing that I read that Alexandru Sift was doing was taking soil samples from that patch. Like that was another source said, like he didn't see UFOs, this is what he was doing. Julia, you might be onto something. But it could just be that this is a forest and there are rocks, right? That it's just a part that maybe doesn't get sun or is just dirt that has been pushed over something that can't really allow for like a tree to grow. Like it's not deep enough because there's something mm. still under the ground that is like an alien in. spaceship. Yes. The alien <laughs> spaceship has landed and sand has just come over it dirt has yes flown down and there's only room for grass you can't plant a tree on top of a spaceship exactly it wouldn't it wouldn't work somebody has a bunker there i got <laughs> tons of th- underground theories oh that. a bunker <laughs> that's a good one too <laughs> so um yeah again this is this is a place where a lot of people seem to focus on they say there's a lot of activity uh that goes on here um that podcast that I was watching, again, another shout out to the Frugal Travelers uh, YouTube channel. That's where they actually had their picnic. Like they, they, and nothing, nothing happened. Like they were noting where they were, but it wasn't, granted, it was also the middle of the day. So I don't know. So kind of interesting. Um, other instances of paranormal interactions include photographic anomalies. So sometimes it's something strange in a photograph, like a figure or an orb. And I was looking through some of these pictures, and I'll pull them up for you, Julia. But it's hard to tell in a picture, right? Because we were just talking about this earlier, how things can be fake. And it's still fun to look at, though, and they really creep me out. Okay, so, and we'll we'll put these on our Instagram and with the links of where these came from. So in one of them, there's like this misty, shadowy person looking thing, like a figure, pretty creepy. Even scarier. And a this, man standing behind a tree. It's, yes. And a it, demon man. <laughs> it is like a demon man. And it's, the caption is mysterious silhouettes captured on film in Bachu Forest, Cluj. But it really does either look like a demon or like the person's like brother or something is just standing behind there. It's like one of those things where it's like they're trying to hide, but not really. Yes. If you saw this in a forest, you would immediately turn. Oh my Actually. gosh. I don't. Oh. Um, and then here are the orbs. Here's the thing about orbs. Cause I watch a lot of like scary stuff. I like haunted shows. Like I like all that kind of stuff, whether, whether I get bought into it or not, I think it's entertaining. And with orbs, to me, that is my least favorite type of paranormal evidence because I just, I don't know. I just, I'm ugh, I'm just not an orb girl, okay? Um, but I was watching something, I think it was the Watcher channel with Shane and Ryan. And I believe they're the ones that said that Technically, an orb is something that you would see with your naked eye. It's not something that you only see through a camera lens, which makes a lot of sense because orbs are always debunked as dust or a bug or, you know, light reflecting. Yes, condensation. And that's kind of the orb picture here. There's a lot of them and some of them are like pretty opaque. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this person saw these before they took the picture or this was just a random picture. So there's that. Then um, another thing about the forest that people comment on is how bendy the trees are. 
and twisted they are. Um, and I don't know, I guess I've never been in like a real crazy intense forest. So I don't know if this is a common thing, but people freak out about it. Um, and there are, I mean, some really interesting looking trees that seem to have, you know, taken on some curvy shapes, some thickies out there too. I don't know. I feel like that is not common. Almost seems to me like there's got to be something in the water, right? In the dirt, in the water, in this area. Mm-hmm. Because now the trees are bendy. Yeah. And there's a really common picture that's shared that is insane, but it is not actually of this forest. Like, But people tack this forest name onto it because it's known for bendy trees. Just saying that if anybody goes trying to look for pictures, like really look at the source because yeah, there's lots, lots of different stuff. Again, one of these things, not so scary, all of these things start to stack up. Such, such a good point. Um, again, we'll have all these pictures linked uh, in, on our Instagram. I think the forest, this forest actually looks really, really pretty, but also eerie at the same time. Another commonly noted thing is electronic interference. And this is another one that you see a lot in paranormal investigations. A flashlight or camera will be completely charged, but when the investigators start exploring the paranormal active area, the battery is drained immediately. Or I've seen in some instances where cameras start making weird, like, mechanical-like noises that are foreign to the user. Um, and those I personally have a hard time debunking because I guess I, I'm just not smart enough to know what causes a battery to suddenly drain um, if it's not a ghost or demon. And it's cause it's not like your iPhone, right? Where after you have it for a couple of years, like, oh, it just doesn't hold the charge. It's not that. It's like literally you're at 100%. You walk into this area and it's like, like starts draining or dimming or just not working, not focusing. Um, and those types of things, whenever I see that happen, whenever I'm watching like documentaries and stuff, I'm like, ooh, why would that happen? I don't understand how that happens if it's not paranormal. So that stuff freaks me out. And yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's like you bring in what you assume you would need, right? They're, they're trying to take the precautions that they assume are, are gonna keep them safe, right? or at least well lit or record what's going on and for those things to fail especially when they've worked pretty seamlessly probably for those users in the past again everything starts to set your hair on edge mm -hmm. when it's one fail after another fail that type of thing right right i agree i agree the next situation uh, that's common again in a lot of paranormal places and really just the woods and forests in general is that strange noises are observed. And this list of claims has included disembodied voices, whispers, laughter, crying, unidentifiable animal noises. And kind of like what you've been saying with, you know, when one thing happens, you're aware of something else that's gonna happen. I think sometimes when you're just outside too, uh, in a place you're not familiar with, your senses are heightened already. And it can be easy to mistake a sound for something it's not. And maybe you're really hearing another group of people or it's demons. But I don't know. I always hear stuff if I'm in wooded areas that I have no explanation for. It's creepy. Yep, the fear of the unknown will get you, especially at night, right? Like, probably none of these are coming from noon. You're walking through and you're, you're hearing stuff, right? It's at night. 
where things are poorly lit and your flashlight doesn't work oh, and your camera batteries gosh. have been drained oh. and now you hear <laughs> laughter coming from whatever demon is behind you know hiding behind the bindi tree um again all of those things start to start to add up but why do we record these podcasts in the dark <laughs> that literally just gave me the chills oh scary oh um, goodness yeah i you you go camping i do go camping so what um i also get scared of things that i hear because you are heightened you are you you do have that sense of like being in a place that you're not familiar with. And so I just feel like you don't necessarily sleep as hard. So any sound Mm. that comes is foreign and would like shock you awake kind of thing. Shocks me awake. Yeah. And most of the time you can kind of hear it. And while it scares you, you probably can decipher like, oh, that was a bug that hit the tent. Or I hear a little animal skittering around, that kind of thing. Or a person walking down like a, a path in the middle of the night to get to a bathroom or get to a boat or whatever it may be but you would hope that if you heard a group of people talking or whispering that eventually you would be able to calm your mind enough to discern like we are in a campground right but if i am the only person in a secluded area and hear people talking it's a different situation right these are all situational things of like whispers probably in the middle of the night of somebody coming up on a campground not that crazy laughter crazy (laughs) (laughs) I think crying is a little bit harder for me to to assume as paranormal because I feel like there are animals. Yes. Frogs scream, crickets scream, like Which things, is so weird. Things yeah. Make weird noises mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily pick up on the the regular day to day until it's the middle of the night. Yes. Still scary. Yeah. But maybe not paranormal. Not paranormal. Yeah. Yeah, that all that all makes sense. So overall, I think the Hoya Batu forest looks beautiful. And there are a number of people that go there that have zero creepy encounters. They say it's a great place to get out, enjoy nature, take a nice walk. It, uh, supposedly the, the paths in the forest are really nice to walk on. Uh, but those who do encounter some of the experiences we talked about today, they obviously find it absolutely terrifying. I actually really enjoyed researching this topic. Um, I want to dive deeper into this at some point, even though it was tough to find some consistencies. Um, I'd also like to say that if I ever have the opportunity to go to Cluj and the Hoya Batu Forest, that I'd go in a heartbeat. At the very least, I'd get to visit a charming city and visit a beautiful forest, and at the worst, I'll get dragged by a demon. It's a win-win, really. Same. I think I would go. I might not stay the night in it. Oh, we're staying the night. (laughs) In the meadow <laughs> with our if, demon friends. I wonder if it's one of those things where now the lore is so ingrained into people that attend, like that would be searching out scary events. Things that wouldn't necessarily be scary become scary because you are looking for it to be scary, right? Yes. And that's a big, I mean, that's a big, um, it, I don't know the right word. That's a big issue that skeptics have with the paranormal community is you know, a lot of what paranormal investigators are doing is going to a place that has been said to be active. So, of course, you're looking for that. And there are investigators who go in trying to debunk. That is their main goal. I think those those are the ones that are more commonly believed. But, yeah, I definitely think if someone told me something was haunted and I walked in there, I'm expecting... I'm expecting it to be haunted and I'm already a million times more scared than I would have been if you had just said this is a pay less shoe store yeah susceptible to the experience because you're looking 
you're you're already headed in that direction, mm-hmm. right? Brain didn't have to come to that conclusion. You were, you had already pointed it in, in that direction. So, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the Hoya Bakchu Forest, or as well as any other topics you'd like covered on the show. So please send us an email to spookyornotpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what you think. And like I said before, we'll have everything linked in the description, including sources for more information, though again, we'll see. And then uh, we'll also have a link to our Instagram, Spooky or Not Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week as we tackle another Spooky or Not topic. 